Hello and welcome to the Let the Bird Fly, a podcast about living freely in a world given back to us. This is Wade here in the podcast studio. I am joined by my good friend Michael. Michael, would you like to say hello? Hello. And uh, my new colleague, Jason. Hello. The uh, <laughs> It's my good friend Michael and my acquaintance, Jason. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Somebody who works here. I'm still pretty new. <laughs> um, and uh, you are here to witness... Jason's very first podcast intro. Do you remember the topic, Jason? So do Don't say it. Just tell me oh, if you remember it. I'm pretty sure, unless it's changed. Okay. I'm going to pretend I'm pressing the button to start record, and now Jason will be attempting his very first podcast intro. <laughs> Get serious. So, okay. <laughs> Today we're going to talk... What? Hello? Uh, well, I... Like Try I said, one more time. I, <laughs> We're going to give up on this if it doesn't work this time. But you've, you've seen this. Nothing's happened yet. We're pretending this is all the beginning. I'm hitting record for the first time. So you want me to introduce the people around the table Just, and that whole bit? You're doing I mean, the intro of the podcast. It goes where you go. All right. Okay. Hello and welcome to Let the Bird Fly. <laughs> podcast. A podcast. Uh, about. About. Um. Today, living, living freely. Oh, about living freely in a world given back to yeah, us. Yeah, there you go. And uh, I'm here with uh, my colleagues and good friends, uh, both good friends, uh, Wade Johnson and uh, Mike Berg. Say hello, brothers. Hi, guys. Hello. Thank you. And uh, today, uh, we are wanting to talk a little bit about funerals and uh, what that uh, is like, what that means, what that... Um, is about not only for those who lead funerals, but for those who attend funerals, and, and especially um, what it is that sets Christian funerals apart from uh, perhaps others that are out there as well. And uh, that's going to be our topic for today. Like celebrations of life. Celebrations of memorials. life. Memorials. Um, what else? Uh, remembrances. Yeah. You know, all sorts of different things. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk Christian funerals today. And uh, I think we've all uh, around the table here had our opportunity to uh, officiate at those. And the, uh, uh, just real quick, scale of one to five, we'll do, we'll, d we'll give the reasons for our ratings later, but five being the best, one being extra, eh, what would you give him? Uh, I'd give him a three and a half. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go three. I don't think it was terrible. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say two at but best. I am gonna, but I'm gonna step in at this point and just uh, remind everybody that we are a part of the 1517 Podcast Network. You can go to 1517.org and find out about all the stuff they do there. Mike has a book recently published with them. I have a few. Um, I have been. I've been. I just signed a, a contract of, for another one. I, I didn't want to yeah. say anything. I wanted to leave that to you. So. Yeah. Would you like to say anything more about that, or you just want to throw that out? Yeah, it's about worship, and it's a story of, of a couple that goes to church, but then also fills in the gaps of of the meanings of the different parts of the classic divine service. Is the FBI in it? No. No, it's 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 not really about the story. Any Russians? Uh, no, <laughs> okay. but there is a prison. Nice. Well, it sounds lovely, and I, I am glad that Michael has announced that, so that'll be another title to look for. I have been writing a lot of the blog posts for them lately. I've been... Um, somewhat productive. Uh, Mike has an academy class up there as well that you can check out. And uh, Jason has a... 
He has a, not he, been productive at all. He has, a, he has a doctorate to earn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, we've been keeping him busy a few days a week. So um, check out 1517.org. Uh, we as a podcast do not want to be sued. Um, I'm personally big on not taking responsibility for my words or actions. Um, and I think uh, it, it's wise that we do so. And so, Mike, why don't you go ahead and uh, I believe this legally makes us immune to anything. This show doesn't speak for our churches or church bodies or our employers. To be honest, much of the time, it probably doesn't speak for us. We will be thinking out loud a lot. So approach what you hear with a healthy skepticism, because well, as a responsible resident of planet Earth, that's probably what you should generally do with almost everything. If you find yourself getting too worked up, tune out, look around, and realize you were just listening to a podcast. That's right, a podcast. So go live free, friends, and don't let us get in the way. And that brings us to our free-for-all where we discuss the pressing topics of the day. Um, I forgot to mention, if you do have any thoughts, episodes you would like to hear of the podcast, uh, comments on the podcast, please do be sure to email us. Uh, Mike, what's our email? Um, I don't know. I believe it's a podcast at letthebirdfly.com. Okay. It's probably on our website. Jason, what's our website? I'm going to say letthebirdfly.com. Okay, that is correct. Uh, thank you, Jason. Um, <clears throat> you can shoot us an email there. And uh, I did recently check the emails. And uh, so we, we could use some. Uh, if you're enjoying the podcast, please do like and share on social media. Give us a rating or a review on iTunes. We, we've got a number of them, but it's got a little stagnant for a bit. So please do give us a rating or a review. And uh, if you want, hit the subscribe button. Um, and that would be much appreciated too. It'll keep you a part of our conversation, uh, and you'll you'll know right away when something new comes out from from Let the Bird Fly. <clears throat> our free for all today, uh, we were going to have a different topic. We were all geared up to talk some more Jason Dale, um, which if you guys haven't listened and heard about Jason Dale, we'll have to get back around some other time. But I had um, quite the uh, experience this afternoon. It, was, it seemed like it was a downright traumatic I was experience. very worked up when Mike and Jason came back up. Um, we had the uh, the theology department hosted the afternoon tea today. And so everybody was doing their part um, to help host that. What did you do to help with that, Michael? I poured lemonade. And Jason, what did you do? I also poured lemonade as well as afternoon tea punch, which nice. I've been told now what the secret mix is but i can't share nice bad and, things might happen otherwise and i stayed in my office <laughs> and uh just worked on other stuff and uh <clears throat> but i still wanted to serve my neighbor serve and love my neighbor and so i went in the bathroom and in our bathroom uh they're old college dorm bathrooms there are uh four toilets right i believe yes and there are three showers which are not allowed to use i don't know if they don't work or what um but there is a toilet that has been designated uh, for women. And Michael even put a sign up. He had another sign up at one point that I found quite offensive um, that made clear I was not to use this stall for anything, as if I would be the one who would use it. 
and uh, and so this is a, this this is um, it makes sense. Well, yesterday when I went in there, the floor was very wet, very wet, and there were footprints, and I almost uh, slipped. And I thought that's odd. I, maybe they mopped whatever, but it was around that 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 the first stall, the ladies' stall. And uh, today, then I went in there, and it was very wet again. And I thought maybe the the seal at the bottom of the toilet was leaking. And uh, and so I uh, I used my foot to not get too close and push the uh, what do you call the flusher thing? Handle. Handle. The handle, and. Uh, I don't think this is a bad word, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say um, just in case, kids, earmuffs. The the toilet uh, urinated on me. It literally shot water at me. Like a bidet and going I tried the wrong, to, going straight at you. So I tried to turn and run away, and my this was on my my bad knee, my right leg was my pivot leg, and it's it's shooting at me, and I go to get away, and so the my thankfully. I still got a little athleticism. Only my bottom left pant leg got drenched. The rest of me got away. But being the inquisitive person that I am and wanting someone else not to uh, meet the misfortune that I had met, um, I went and got the long um, old school vacuum and then was flushing with that and noticed the water shooting out again under the seat and uh, lifted up the seat and... uh, Someone had broken the toilet, and how would you describe the the solution? Um, <clears throat> I think subpar. Yeah, you might say literally taped together with like clear packing tape, not even anything <laughs> yeah. plumbing specific. Yeah, and uh, and so that got me thinking. We all sometimes kind of rake something, you know, duct tape, whatever. Um, do you guys have? Something you've kind of rigged up that you're really proud of that worked, or something that you tried to kind of rig up and it worked very poorly. I can go first if you guys don't have anything. I, I put a bunch of <clears throat> um, roof rakes together to try to get oh. something out of a tree. And almost oh. died. And almost died. Wow. That's. That I wasn't good. trying to set you up to have to no, go that's, there. That's fine. I wasn't even thinking about that as a. So I hit electrical. That's not really rigging, though. Well, it wasn't made for that. Because you weren't, like, fixing it. Well, I suppose that's true. It was made for that, so. So that was the worst. Do you have a best one, one that's really um, held up? I don't, I don't know that I've been successful <laughs> at any of that. I'd have to think about that. I would say my, uh, my proudest that worked best was um, in our old house, the front curtains, like, to the window in the living room. Um, the, it was drooping. And uh, so I went and got duct tape that matched the paint. Mm. And I uh, duct taped it up to the ceiling, leveled it out. Mm. And uh, my wife did not think that was great, but it it held up for years. Mm. (laughs) It really did work well. My worst would be my dad was helping me once um, bondo one of my old trucks, like fiberglass it, you know. And... um, I didn't read the instructions that carefully, and you weren't supposed to let that make contact with your hands. Mm. And we were, like, wrist deep in this stuff, Ooh. just having a good time hanging out. And uh, our hands were on fire, like almost going to the ER. But Ouch. thankfully, we just kept a hose and soaking them. Um, 
and it worked out all right. But uh, it the the vehicle aesthetically did not look good. I bet. When we had finished with that, <laughs> I did manage to sell it for like eight hundred bucks though. Eventually, hey, sounds like a win. Jason, you got one. <clears throat> I do. I would say that we were trying to come up with, uh, you know, how like they'll do some of those like half a whiskey barrel planter type of things with the with the pole yeah exactly with a post you know that you know you can use for hanging things on and stuff we were going to try to put something together for that in our backyard on the cheap and uh the first attempt or two really did not work out well it was gonna it was it was like a it was like a deadfall trap like it was just waiting for someone to walk under it and it would come crashing down and probably (laughs) seriously injure them um but we did finally get around to a solution that worked well enough, but it's still kind of rigged together, but it works. And I'm going to say, I'm going to give my, my best. I, I don't know. I, I don't have any of that, but I'll, I'll give one to my father-in-law that, uh, I was, that still impresses me to this day. We had, um, traveled, uh, in an RV and in this trip, we we're two, three hours from home at the time, something breaks loose in the, in the engine compartment and uh you're like oh this can we were like out in the middle of nowhere he's like oh no that's right yeah yeah what what we'll do is we'll just take this vice grip and we'll clamp this together to this and and he clamped these two parts together and all right we'll close the hood and go and i'm just like there's no way we're gonna yeah how long are we gonna made it all the way home nice made it all the way home just by clamping a vice grip on two different parts of an engine so i was impressed Mike, you don't have a bad or a successful one that you thought I, of yet? I, I don't think so. I bet you've you've read some things pretty successfully. You're just not remembering them. I'm just not remembering Because you're them. definitely, I would say, a, like more mechanical than me. I think you would. Yeah, but I don't think that's saying much. But you've done, I mean, you built patio stuff. Yeah, I just, I, but it's funny because, I mean, it, the, different people's brains obviously work differently. Like you and I and probably Jason I would imagine that you would be in the same boat too, that I mean, you can put um, like intellectual history. You can see that's a cause and effect. But if, if I look at something mechanical and I'm like just dumbfounded and then when I find out what the solution, I'm like, Oh, that's so obvious that that caused that or whatever. And I'm just, I just don't, I'm just like a cow looking at a gate. Oh, I know one that I had Uh, when I used to have, um, one of my Geo Metros, the, uh, the sound system went. You might have been in this vehicle. Oh, maybe. Um, and so I wired speakers, like taped them up to the ceiling and then to the back seat, and I seat belted two like 1970s <laughs> like sound system speakers <laughs> huh. on the back seat, and that's how I was able to listen. To... I had a co- I also had a coat hanger for an antenna. Yeah, solid. On that one as well, so. All right, well, we will uh, leave off there, and we will make our way to the main topic, which will be uh, the Christian funeral. main topic which is a christian funeral and that may sound a little um i don't know a little dire a little 
bit of a downer. What did you prefer, Mike? Right. Wedding, uh, on the whole, better experiences, weddings or funerals? Well, most Lutheran pastors will, will say they'd rather do a funeral than a wedding. I, would, I <coughs> preferred funerals. Yeah. And, and it's not just because a wedding's like herding cats and you just beg, uh, you're just hoping the family allows you to speak about Jesus, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody's sober, you know? But it has actually just such a privilege to speak at a funeral. Um, to have it crystallizes things. Yeah, it, I mean, you have a captive audience. Mm-hmm. You most likely have at least some people, if not maybe the whole church, filled with people who have not been to church since the last funeral. Um, people are thinking about death, and <clears throat> and you also have an opportunity from our perspective to preach the gospel, which they probably have not heard. They may have heard about the gospel, but have maybe never. Uh, heard it preached to them. And and the other thing is they're expecting something different. Mm-hmm. They're expecting uh, some cheesy story. They're expecting some some sort of uh, uh, eulogy, right? They're expecting something. Or they something. have no clue what to expect. Yeah. yeah. And so you can really come, come in and uh, you can come in hot with some preaching there. And uh, I, I always relished that opportunity to speak the gospel to those suffering uh, had intimate suffering because they knew the person, but also be the, the people that were there at a funeral because maybe they were not close to the person, but they were close enough that they felt like they should show up or be there be, for the for the other family members. And so, this actually is. I mean, <clears throat> it's one of those things. And after you know, you know, five, six, seven years in the parish, you realize we when you kind of get got it down, you kind of know how to let's say this is going to sound weird, but work a crowd at a funeral home and at the, at the wake or at the, um, the visitation, whatever the, you know, whatever part of the United States you're in, uh, <laughs> how they do that. Um, you can say the right things, but not the, the cheesy things that you do more ministry probably in and around a funeral than you do the rest of the week. So, um, and it doesn't take long to realize that, um, if you're if you're paying attention, that this really is such a such a very unique pastoral event, and uh, unfortunately, um, you know, more and more I'm thinking that there is a uh, a lack of good preaching in America and even in our own circles, um, and that uh, the funeral should be the easiest place to preach the gospel, and yet it often is one of the places where the gospel really does take a, a back seat. It Even in funerals a, yeah, that I have heard from people like, man, you're better than that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, It'd be an interesting episode to do. So It is interesting how some of the, what should be the easiest things for us to preach sometimes <laughs> get, like the passion history or, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, As far as in... Interrupt me at any point, Mike, because you might have some stuff with um, Christian practice with this. But I think it's it's fair to say um, in human history, uh, some of the earliest, you know, archaeological or ethnographical stuff we have of humans decorating something or recording something, uh, these often involve death, right? These were burial places, um, places uh, maybe where bones were stored or where... Um, a number of people that died, and uh, what we know of of prehistoric or even the earliest culture where you start to have some written history, um, there's often funeral rites uh, that were 
developed, I would say, since the fall into sin, human beings have rightly understood um, that death just doesn't sit well, right? That that there's it should be marked in some way, that it should, it, if not be rationalized, it should be mourned, um, that it's something to weep over or shake your fist at or um, <clears throat> to try to come up with some narrative that justifies it. Um, because something big has happened. Yeah, right? and this is just... Um, it's part of what it is to be human. Now, and in the animal world, there are some animals where you notice even these connections with death. I mean, primates and, and stuff like that. Um, but there's something with humans that's just innate, that death is something to to be marked. Um, even a lot of the stuff we have from the early church uh, that tells us about maybe where they gathered or who they remembered and how involved death to some degree, right? Um the, uh, in many ways, the, the the days of saints or martyrs is their it's not their birth date. Um, uh, you can correct me, but it's almost always their death date, isn't it? Yeah. Assuming we know it, um, and so there's uh, right in Christianity as well. There's this long history of of how do you confront death, how do you face it, um, and I think uh, we we did a, an episode a little while back on an article about is American becoming or is the West becoming pagan again. And I think part of what maybe is creeping back in and maybe even affecting preaching um, is all that stuff that people do when the resurrection is in front and center, right? Um, and so we're going to have a memorial service and remember that person, how great they were. So we're going to write justify their reason for existing. This is why they they were they were special. Um, or maybe we're going to come up with some uh, narrative for why death makes sense, right? That this is, um, you know, don't cry, uh, here's a platitude or whatever. Um, sometimes we are just going to mourn, we're going to shake our fist. Um, but uh, at some point we should circle to uh, when how Christianity has viewed death um, has historically, when it's done at its best, been shaped by the resurrection, right? And even um, think of how death is faced in, in reincarnation-focused religions or cultures, right? That shapes how someone looks at it. The body's just the body. The kind of the person goes on. There will be funerary rites, but not. Um, they'll have a different emphasis, different different. Um, there's a reason in the West we haven't, in, in, at least for much of Christianity, we didn't, you know, just burn bodies or, you know, treat the, I, I'm not saying anything's wrong with cremation yeah. today, but I, I think you wanted something goes yeah, with that. And if you had to look at, okay, a wide variety of what do, you know, this is an anthropo anthropological question, right? This is the anthropology professor would, would, would uh, tell us about all these different funeral rites. Um, and I, and I, I'm certainly no expert as the, as the anthropologist would be, but if you look around, Okay, historically, but also in different cultures, probably the worst has got to be ours, 
Um, and I'm not saying that we agree with those things or not. In fact, many of those things we would disagree with, like, uh, you know, burning the body at, 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 at certain places at certain times would, would be thumbing your nose at the resurrection. So we would say no to that, of course. Even the Day of the Dead in Mexico is kind of a way of saying death. You don't have, you know, you're not, gonna, you're not going to take away my, uh, my joy, um, uh, that kind of thing. Um, that this pretending like it doesn't hurt and as if some cheesy eulogy or some flowers or whatever was actually going to ease the pain somehow, uh, is just, it's, it's, it's barely a right. You know, I, you think about other cultures of a period of mourning, um, or, um, um, loud wailing. Yeah, I mean, this is what people, I mean, think of the, um, like the widow at Nain and yep. Jesus interrupts this yep. funeral procession. This would have been a, a loud, boisterous, wailing, screaming yep. thing. So it's just, or, or even like, okay, New Orleans, we probably don't, you know, we would have maybe a little bit of a problem theologically, but the, uh, you know, the, the band playing, you know, yep. and like, uh, at least that, at least that respects death. Mm-hmm where we pretend like it doesn't hurt, right? And so, you know, we'll have a, a, a nice little memorial. We'll have a, a celebration of life. We, he wouldn't want us to be sad today or whatever. Well, okay, but that doesn't change the fact that we weren't meant for death and this has interrupted this, this right. gift yep. of life. I, I mean, the, the shortest <clears throat> verse in the Bible, Jesus wept, yeah. is... Because Lazarus died, yeah. and Jesus yeah. was going to like raise him in just a yeah. little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think it's actually—I mean, how many times did you go to a funeral home and, and the the grieving whatever would say, "Pastor, we don't want a funeral; we want a celebration of life." And and then I just took that as, uh, you know, preach the resurrection. Right. What yeah. they meant was, let's not be sad. Well, no. What does that say to? What does that say about the life that you have just? that you have just experienced and now have lost and it, that it, it didn't matter. And it robs someone of an important stage yeah. of the morning process. So I started to really, especially in my preaching, start to say, um, you know, you, it, 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 it does take a little skill. I have to say it's one of the easier sermons to write, but it does take a little skill so, to, so Jason probably couldn't do it. <laughs> to weave in a little bit of the person. Right. Yeah. Right. So, uh, uh, you know, because it is, that person who died. Yeah, and and yeah. I had no problem reading the the obituary after the sermon. I think that was a fine practice. Um, you did it all right after after the sermon. What'd you do? We have had not done it much the last several years, but early on we would usually read it right between the lessons and the sermon. Is usually and when then we, we read, would it. read it. I read it from the back with my mic on, and then the bells tolled, and then we started the service. So. Uh, and but I think you can weave something in there that that has a personal touch, but doesn't make it about them, right? And without you know what, the, just briefly, you know what always makes a Wells funeral great, by the way, hmm. It's like when the obituary is like he was a member of Lodge, blah blah blah, <laughs> <laughs> like it's the first time you see it or something. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. He's a Boy, Boy Scout troop <laughs> <Yeah>. leader. <laughs> um, so it, it is tricky to say, and without an awkward. But Frank wouldn't want us to talk about him. He would want us to. How can you weave that in? I think I think it takes a little creativity. But once you get used to it, I think I think as a preacher you can do it. But I started to preach like stuff like this. Like it's it's just too small of a thing 
to have a memory. Mm. It's just too small of a thing for you creating the image of God to be satisfied with a mere memory. And so I say here today that you will see this woman again. And that is the first Corinthians 15 attitude where, where Paul says, you know, where oh death is your victory, where oh death is your sting. There, there's a little bit of a, a poking the finger at, at the, and the eye of the devil and death and saying, you don't get to win this day. And, and with the right crowd, I would often say, um, you know, you point your finger at death and you say, screw you, we win. Um, if it was the right crowd, I would say that, in, in the, you know, um, but, but there was something there about how many times have these people gone to a funeral and hear the same stupid eulogy and the same stupid story and the same stupid, you know, uh, grandpa's fishing in heaven with Jesus. He's not fishing in heaven with Jesus. He's not. He might he's not be. looking down upon you. Okay. He's not he doing all fishing. of that. You can't say he's not. Oh my gosh. So, <laughs> but to say, to come out, and that's why I said to come out hot, you know, like a little fire here and, and say, this is, I don't accept this death. I do not accept this death and neither should you. And I think that's, that's the attitude of St. Paul. And that's the attitude that you that's should Jesus have in the wept. pulpit. I mean, that's him at Lazarus I, saying, you know, this is not right. This is not this, meant to. I don't. I do to, not accept death, and neither should you. And so, forget about the flowers, and forget about the eulogy. This is more important. And and the devil wants you to be satisfied with a mere memorial, a memory. A memory says we don't get to see this person again. And so, I, I the the memorial service, I think, is inherently. I think it's the devil's win when we make it a memorial service because then we have settled. Right. We have just settled for a mere memory, and that's not good enough. And why is, you know, when Paul mocks death in 1 Corinthians 15, which he is doing, oh, death, where's your victory? Where's your sting? It's because death is the enemy. Like, it's a serious foe, and now it's been defeated. It's not like, oh, death, you were super impolite. Ha ha, now, um, this is, and I, and I do, I think, um, when we feed this notion that, like, even this, we sometimes will get, um, well, remember in a, I won't say which class, Nate, but you might remember, I, you were different class, or you were a different section than me. I was a different section. You were section, section dumb. Uh, and, uh, no, I don't think that was how it you went. You were section B, yeah. <laughs> and um, the, uh, one of our classmates, it was in New Testament, and referenced the circle of life, and the professor rightly made fun of him for bringing <laughs> Lion King into, uh, you know, um, into the New Testament. But I do think sometimes we even can preach about death in Christian churches as if it is just part of this natural circle of life, right? And we 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 can say that natural because we see it in nature, right? Like the lion eats the giraffe, you know, but then the lion gets old and dies, and um, but it's death is the least natural thing of all. It is not part of what God created. Um, it is a disruption of creation. When Adam and Eve sin and then they're dressed in uh, fig leaves, right? It, God gives them skins. Death comes in. Um, when uh, Noah gets off the ark and this and the world has been destroyed, um, now he is to sacrifice and they're to have some clean meats. Um, for food um, but even then it's a serious thing right you don't eat the blood because the life is in the blood you, death is the end of a living thing 
right? What will happen in, in heaven? The lion will lay down with the lamb, which doesn't happen super now unless like you <laughs> suppose if you like raised a lion cub. Is it a cub or? Yeah. And then with a uh, a ewe, is that a baby lamb? Ewe is a mama lamb. Well, then what's a, oh, not a, a lamb sheep. A, a lamb, a lamb. lamb. Yep. I was thinking a lamb was a sheep. Well, a lamb is a sheep, but you know what I mean. Yep. So, like, if yep. you raise them. But otherwise, like, that lion's is going to eat that lamb, right? Um, I think our accepting of, like, well, this is this is just how things go. Like, even that, like, yep, yeah, you know, uh, you die so you can go to heaven. That is true. But, like, there's a better way to go to heaven, which is Jesus returns and we just go. Like, that's not, um, even that, that death stings. And maybe there's something to the fact that um, Good Friday, right, you have to wait a bit for Easter. Yep. You have to you have to sit and think about it. Um, it's not, and, and that the church's services, when they're done well, Good Friday isn't just like, today was a bad day for Jesus, but just wait. <laughs> um, yep. it's, it's darkness and it's waiting, but I'll let you guys. I think, <clears throat> you know, it's, for Christians to recognize that tension that is there in approaching death, you know, especially when you're talking, you know, the death of a fellow Christian, the idea that on the one hand you see this as the most terrible result of sin in the world, right? The most terrible result of a fallen creation. And, you know, that's not something to be underestimated at all. And it's, and it's legitimately a reason for, for grief and sadness but at the same time, it's the doorway to heaven, right? And it is the, the way that, you know, the, the greatest example of God taking something that um, would, you know, it, that would be for our harm and, and turning it into something that is good and that is a good thing, a blessing, you know, for his people. And, you know, for Christians to recognize that, um, it, it's really both, right? And and to to know that there is a tension with that, um, and yet at the same time, because this is the doorway to heaven, um, we don't grieve like those who have no hope, right? That that there is that there is a hope that you know is waiting. And again, when we, when the Bible talks of hope, again, it is as certain as any promise of God. It's just we haven't received it yet in full and. And recognizing that, you know, we will see this person again in heaven. You know, we will join them in heaven. Um, we will be together at Jesus' side in heaven, right? But we haven't received that all yet. And I think, too, that's just a, a, a unique truth that Christians get to proclaim and enjoy. And it's you know, never, never ceases to amaze me, you know, the, how people would come to funeral services, people that, you know, go to, go to Christian churches otherwise, but, you know, they come to, uh, you know, a church where there was that simple, straightforward, actual proclamation of the gospel, um, not about the gospel, not about, you know, just who the person is or what, what that gospel was, you know, but they actually hearing that message and saying, you know, people who should be hearing this all the time, but saying, this is, this is an incredible thing. I actually feel good after hearing this sermon 
or after after this service. I was expecting to, to have nothing but tears and sadness, and yet I feel better now yeah. because they actually, you know, heard the gospel, which on the one hand, you know, for those who know it, for those who hear it all the time, you know, well, yeah, of course. But what a rare, what a rare guess that is for so many people in so many circumstances that, you know, they don't hear it, they don't see it. And, and that's at a time when they need it the most. Yeah. I think there's a, a few things where people, where pastors, we sometimes get nervous, like, oh man, I'm going to get blowback on this. Maybe people will be mad. Um, I think one is closed communion, which I only ever had one guy get mad at when I actually explained it. Yeah. And that guy deserved to get mad. Like, he was just being a jerk, right? <laughs> um, but funerals, too, I can honestly say, like, um, I only ever had one person mad when they just got a real Christian funeral. Um, and that was the uh, the daughter of the person, not anybody else in the family. Mm-hmm. And... uh she was mad about just a lot in life. Um, but I would say that overwhelmingly the reaction was, and not just because I preached a sermon or whatever else, but just because the way a Lutheran funeral sermon is structured is meant to be, um, people were often surprised on how that was. It's always too, like with the memorials, you've got like the awkward silence of, is anybody going to come up? Mm-hmm. And someone yep. thinks they have to go up. Mike, I was going to throw at you because um, Mike preached yesterday. Mike did a good job. And I will say... It was peak Mike because my favorite Mike is when he just goes after all of us, right? <laughs> and I feel like there was several things that I felt convicted. I, I think most everybody had something that they could feel convicted about. And I, and um, I thought it was an average sermon, but I've had more people come up to me. In the oh, it was good. You did well, Michael. <clears throat> um, and uh, he even made fun of some sermon styles. Uh, and um, but I was looking around. I didn't, I didn't mean to. I didn't. I no, didn't it was, set out. You to... did well. You don't have to excuse me. And. Um, but it was it was good it was a good Mike sermon, but I uh, of of course as my, as uh, as my good friend Michael has wanted to do he also gave us the gospel, and the text was uh, a wonderful text it's Paul's thorn in the flesh right and and I thought you know you brought out a good point about sometimes these small sufferings to keep us from conceit, but I bring it up because you brought up theologian of glory and of the cross, and I think it's an interesting thing that probably the Christian funeral is where this can manifest itself as much as anywhere um, is the theologian of the cross and the theologian of glory and how they talk about what has happened, right? One of the things Luther famously says is a theologian of the cross calls a thing what it is. Uh, And we have all sorts of euphemisms we like to use for death, and some of them are fine, some of them aren't bad, some of them are even biblical to a degree. Um, But I think even the word died has become difficult for a lot of a lot of people um and uh it's it's odd then that maybe it's precisely the cross that allows us to speak in the ways that you both have talked about and and mike as you said earlier about saying i don't accept this death Mm -hmm. right it's the cross itself it's the the death of god and i looked and um, oh, I was I'm so happy our new hymnal. Um, something made me look today in chapel. Uh, you know, in darkest woe, gross a note, God helps us tote. Um, oh, sorrow dread God's the old hymnal said. Oh, sorrow dread God's son is dead. Uh, apparently, because uh, an historian worked on the translation. <laughs> but um, 
but now it is uh, Osara Dread, our God is dead, right? And they changed um, it back. Yeah, it was good. Um, although it ruins my crucifix game in 110 because I always use that hymn as part of it. Huh. Um, but, uh, you know, it's precisely the death of God that lets us talk frankly about death. Um, and it's precisely the fact that, uh, you know, our, our, our retired colleague, Mark Brown, when he talks about world religions, would say, you know, with each one you have to ask what's the problem it's trying to address. Right? It's precisely the fact that the problem Christianity sees, right, what does Jesus come to address, is death that enables us to, be, to, to, to talk honestly about it. Um, and so I guess part of what I'm wondering is, can you have a Christian funeral without the cross? Right? How does that, um, what makes a Christian funeral a Christian funeral then? Do you mind if I <clears throat> comment just or, and maybe expand upon the premise just a sure, little bit? Sure, because I, I may not have been asking this well. You know, you're talking, you're talking about world religion saying, well, what's the problem? But I think, you know, when you talk about Christian churches, you want to, you wanna, the quickest way, I think, to find out what a church is really about, attend a funeral. And I mean, if you attend a funeral, I you're, you're going to say, uh, like, get one of those pamphlets. Oh, get one of the, no, uh, go to the website and <laughs> yeah, check out check the yeah, bullet list. It. No, I think, you know, if you want to, if you want to see where the rubber meets the road for a church, attend a funeral mm-hmm. and listen and listen to what, listen to what is being said, watch, watch what they do. And I think you'll get a real good handle on what that church is about, I think. And, you know, so I think that maybe ties in with your question or adds to that a bit where you say, well, is that when, when some of those things maybe are missing, you know, is, is that really a Christian funeral? You know? Um, so I don't know. I, I just think yeah. that maybe sharpens that a bit, but. And I think that there's <clears throat> baptism needs to play a role here too, because, and not just, Oh, this is a baptized believer and tell them the date and stuff. But, uh, <coughs> I, I would get in the habit of the devotion before, like with the family, we'd have a devotion before we walked up, we would, we would process in and, uh, sometimes I'd mix it up, but usually I'd say something like this. Uh, this is old hat. Um, this person, Frank's, Frank's already been through the cross and been buried and been resurrected with Jesus Christ is nothing. It's going to be fine. And so have you, um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, this, this, uh, this Jesus coming to um, take care of the problem of death, he does it with a death. And not just at the cross, but with your death into him in uh, baptism and a resurrection uh, in that baptism. And, uh, usually the tradition, I would say, in the Lutheran Church, although I, I guess I really don't know, but and maybe it's in the Roman Catholic Church, the, the funeral mass too, I don't know. But to start off with, don't you know, that all of us who are baptized into Christ Jesus have already died with Christ and been buried. I mean, that's that's how I would start off the funeral after the invocation and after processing up. And I, I think a lot of our churches now will have a, a funeral pall yeah. that is a reminder of the baptism yep. gown. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, and a sense of vocation, too, like uh, when God looks down and sees the righteousness of Christ covering that person's sin, he also doesn't uh, care if it's a pine box or the Cadillac of... <laughs> right, death is the great equalizer. Yep. Paul helps us with the death is the great equalizer as well. 
Um, <clears throat> and yeah, the Paul, the Paul is just a real special symbol there. Um, it, t- it, that was, you know, it's, it's kind of funny, like all, um, you know, the traditions that, that you being in a parish for over a decade for each of us, um, you know, which ones were, were people fought and which ones they accepted, which ones did they accept after a while or whatever. That and they were dying, you mean? What's that? Accepted they were dying in that? No, accepting uh, different traditions oh, that okay, you had okay. oh, in, okay, in yeah, church yeah. from, you know, whatever you did on Good Friday, what okay. you wore, that kind of stuff. That um, <clears throat> looking back, some of the things that I thought would have been a super easy tradition to introduce, I got blowback on the other ones. Like, like ash, imposition of ashes got zero talk. No problem. The funeral, Paul, was hard for them to accept. Hmm. I think they saw it as Roman Catholic. So it wasn't um, like they wanted the flag or something on it? No, it was just like, I mean, I had dear people that, that, that were big supporters of me. And they're like, if I die, I don't want the Paul. And I said, that's fine, you know. And and I just couldn't get at why. They're just like, I don't know. I just huh. can't explain. Yeah. I think it was, I'm not fancy. I want to show off that I'm not fancy, which, of course, isn't oxymoron a little yeah. bit yeah um but uh it took a while although i did have one person like be against them after they saw it and and then it was explained after a while to like okay you got me i'll do this but this is this is pastor talk like some of our listeners would be like who the heck's talking about like funerals and paul's like, old people in church this right. is what they yeah. talk about yep. like we have regular conversations about this is what i want to happen because it is that yep. time of age I, and yeah. i do think along those lines though funerals are an interesting place to to see just how much certain how much power certain traditions or symbols can have um you know there's always some pushback well not always often in lutheran churches some pushback when you do like a thing like that luther himself said you should do like Mm -hmm. like have a crucifix that you can hold before the dying's eyes um so you know you get processional crucifix and maybe someone's mad of like Oh, Jesus' body's on it. Don't you know he rose? And then mm-hmm. you have to have, you know, I remember threatening to not let the baby Jesus be in the manger scene because he rose, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and uh, But you tie that in in a funeral sermon yeah. or a funeral liturgy. And I think along the same lines, some people now get it, yeah. right? Yeah. And, um, and so that gets to, I just have two things, and we can have whatever you guys want, but um, the... Uh, I think if if um, if people were to ask me, you know, now, like, how should I choose a church? Um, I I think an answer more and more I find myself giving, or how should I choose a confession of the faith, is choose one for your deathbed, right? Um, especially with our young people who assume they get to live to the the average lifespan, right? Death is very far off, and they can want a lot of things from religion, yeah. um, but not a lot of things that have to do with with death. Um, but as Jason brought out well, I think, um, the, the funeral shows a lot about what a church mm-hmm. believes. And I almost wish, um, I mean, no one's going to approve this, but like that sometimes as pastors, we got to t- bring some of our young people along to a deathbed. And just say, um, we're going to pray with this person. We're gonna, I'm going to share a devotion. Um, and I found one of the most 
one of the things I miss about the parish is being at deathbeds. I thought I would hate it. And I remember like as a vicar being super nervous, you know, being, what if I say the wrong thing, whatever. Um, but that was, those were often the times when you just got to be um, wonderfully law and gospel. Sometimes you have the one where they have the moment of, well, I just don't think I've been good enough. And, and they know full well they've lived 90 years and they've heard the gospel each year. And you get to say, you've not. But Christ has. And you, and you see it dawn in for the thousandth time. Um, uh, but also to have those who just say, and sometimes it's those that you thought would like kick and scream at death mm-hmm. because they did not do well with suffering or adversity. And you just you see them at peace and I'm ready to go home. Um, but to pick a confession of the faith that you want to hear when you're getting ready to close your eyes for the last time. I'm um, connected to that. I'll just throw this out there and you guys can do what you want. But something later in my ministry that I wish I had done earlier in the ministry is I actually came up with um, like a packet I gave people and I said, here's, here's what goes on when there's a funeral. Here's the logistics. Here's what we got to have. We have to have lessons. We have to have hymns. Mm-hmm. Here's the service. Um, it's a, if it's a funeral I'm doing, these things are going to be parts of it, right? We're not doing the Michigan or Michigan State fight song. You know, we're not, <laughs> whatever. Um, and, and to say to people, I'm going to keep these files. You don't have to, but think about putting down some things you'd want. Mm-hmm. What, what will be your confession of the faith? Flip through the hymnal. Read these hymns. Think about the scriptures that that you're going to want your relative who's kind of fallen away from the faith and you've been trying to get them in church and now you finally succeeded although you're in a casket right <laughs> which is so much better than oh that was grandpa's favorite hymn grandpa's not going to be there right yep. um you're picking it for the people to that preach. are there yeah um it was kind of heard uh, one couple along the way that said um i'm picking I'm picking his, he's picking mine for the scripture huh. lessons for yeah. the, so whichever one sure. went first, yeah. these are the things that I want to hear to be comforted by when you're in the casket, which I thought was kind of an interesting, an interesting take. Yeah. The other thing, just to, uh, to jump in with that comment about taking kids along, um, we had kind of a standing practice where in December we would take the usually it was seventh and eighth grade of our Lutheran elementary school along with us on shut-in visits. And which was basically, um, we would read the Christmas story. They would sing some Christmas carols. It was kind of a way to, to hit some of the, um, shut-ins with Christmas carols, caroling, you know, from church and, and things like that. And it was an opportunity to give them a glimpse at, Oh, this is what you do when you're not standing up on Sunday morning. Right. Um, and then, you know, would have, the sacrament as well there were a few occasions where and one of which was i want to say within two or three days where one of the people that we had visited was called home to heaven and there that this happened i hope not because of the christmas cookies no no i don't think so and i don't think it was because the singing was too bad or anything Mm -hmm. like that but but the idea was you know uh, such a neat or that the the reason bring that up is it was such a neat opportunity to 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 go back to the the kids 
and say, Hey, you remember when we went singing last week or, you know, a week and a half ago that remember that person that we visited with they're in heaven now, more likely than not, you were the last people to proclaim the gospel to them as we, as you read the, as you know, I think you were even the one that read the Christmas story and all of you were singing these songs talking about, you know, and say, that's really kind of what it's about. You know, that that's about what we do here. That's about ultimately where each of us is headed. And, uh, there there are a couple of times where that, you know, it was just neat to see their reaction and response as well to that situation. Probably good for them to like, uh, you know, visit somebody with some, you know, pretty bad dementia, like yelling at you, you know, like just so you know, this might happen to you too. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. It was, you you never knew what, what it was going to be. Every pastor has some stories of that. Some very inappropriate things that Gertrude's yelled out loud. And, one of them especially was just, I mean, this was a, the positive where we had, I think we had visited one where it was not a good thing. But then like one of the next ones was this guy, oh, he loved it. He was so happy that we were there. I remember singing those songs when I was in, when I was in Lutheran school and he was the one that passed away, you yeah, know, right, and yeah. then like, well, not, not that, not that one that, <laughs> no, the one that was talking about how the, the good one died. Yeah. yeah, yeah you know, yeah, the, yeah. that knew exactly what was going on and was so <laughs> thankful that you were there, yeah. you know, so. Kind of, kind of neat thing. You got any other thoughts, Michael? I'm good. I think this is a good place to to wrap it up. The uh, I'll just reiterate because we we've been trying to get episodes out more, and I will try to get this produced um, in the next couple of days. We've been getting something each week as it goes. Um, but would encourage you if you've been enjoying the podcast, please do like, share, subscribe. Um, we've stayed really steady with downloads when we get stuff out, which we appreciate. Um, we just love to see the the conversation get expanded so um if you have thoughts too let us know how we're doing at podcast at let the bird fly um, dot com i believe that's it but double check at the um at the website um encourage you we we really got to at some point do something on some of these fifteen seventeen books they're churning them out mm-hmm. um and there's some good ones that we should probably uh highlight but um in the meanwhile hopefully uh this episode will be coming out soon uh, and we're trying to uh, – Jason is officially in charge of the podcast. We we made that official. He is trying to schedule things so that we can stay on top of recording. Um, but uh, we pray you found this helpful. Um, you know, death is a hard thing. Some of you may have experienced it uh, more than once now. Um, maybe have some have fresh wounds from it. Uh, it's not something we were we were made to do. Um, it's something that is unnatural, uh, and yet, um, because of Christ's death and resurrection, uh, perhaps there's no more uh, poignant time to uh, proclaim the Christian message in the midst of it. And so, um, if you find yourself in grief or in sadness, um, you find yourself uh, facing the prospect of death or in sickness, um, remember that uh, it's right into that that Jesus came and uh and he he proclaims to us the gospel says be not afraid and so let the bird fly
sleeping when the sun goes down. Get with my party and I begin to cry. I don't care what the people are thinking. I'm not drunk, I'm just a drink. I set them up another round. I set them up another round. I set them up another round. One more round won't get me down. 